volunteer state. It's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Valquest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting, and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. The number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Making the American dream possible. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon, featuring top-tier clean gasoline for peak performance. Stop by your neighborhood Marathon station. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. By Farm Bureau Health Plans. When looking for health care coverage, let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through the choices. By Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK. And by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the Volunteer State by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by... everybody it's chris low and austin price and this is the nation thank you for spending part of your sunday with us as we have sec football to talk about week one in the sec yesterday in tennessee one and oh with a win at south carolina seven straight wins for the balls dating back to last year ap as the balls win 31 27 in columbia you were there and we're going to dive right into that game. Of course, dive into what comes next. Tennessee plays Missouri at home Saturday. Here's my first question for you. And you've been to a ton of t- – how many straight Tennessee games now have you been to? I don't know. Uh, the last one I missed was 03 Miami. All right. Um, it's over 200. 03 Miami. Derek Tins on the reverse on fourth down. I was yeah. there. Broke the Orange Bowl – the old Orange Bowl streak. The, can- the used Orange Bowl streak. But you were there – You've been to a lot of Tennessee games. You've been to all the SEC venues. Some people I've talked to that were there described the scene as almost eerie and spooky as they got as they came on to near the stadium, no tailgating in the in the stands. What was there? It was weird. Eighteen thousand fans. I mean, uh, they they announced fifteen, and I think that's right because it was not a packed house. The last twenty rows of the upper deck had nobody in it, so like technically those are just unused seats. Um, on unused tickets, um, but it was it was weird in a lot of ways from a media perspective. It was weird, you know, to not go down to the field pregame. It was weird, even weirder to not go down to the field with five minutes to go to stay in your seat and just you know hit the link on the Zoom and you know get ready for you know a Zoom press but conference. No, no with band Pruitt. on the field. I mean, well, no, but they did play like thirty minutes after the game. <laughs> When nobody was there. When nobody was there. They, they, up in the stands, they just played, um, you know, throughout the press conferences. And so it, it was it was interesting to kind of watch it all play out, um, you know. But it, at the end of the day, it, it was football. I mean, you know, much like the NFL is playing right now without fans, you know, it's still football. And, uh, you know, it, it's different. The atmosphere is different. But, I, you know, I thought Tennessee on the whole played pretty well yesterday. Were they perfect? No. But I don't think they were just bad in any category either. I mean, they did struggle to, to, to cover the middle of the field. They struggled with the slant, and, and Shai Smith obviously had a big game. Um, but but then they had you know some contributions like DeAndre Johnson stepped up and had two and a half sacks, uh, the most in a season opener since 2007, uh, the most since 2018 by a Vol defensive player, that being Daryl Taylor against Kentucky. So, um, you know, then they had some freshmen step up. So I, I really felt... Like on the whole, while Tennessee, you know, was clearly rusty, had not, you know, had a, you know, full team out there for a portion of fall camp. I thought they played pretty solid yesterday, and I think 
to get a win on the road in a game that really sets the tone because, you know, the loser of that game was going to have a tough time having the year they want to have. And now all of a sudden Tennessee has Missouri, a very winnable Missouri game right in front of them. Two weeks from now, Georgia at, at in Athens, a game that Tennessee, you know, looks way more winnable, you know, after watching the, the Bulldogs yesterday with little to no quarterback play, you know. Um, so, yeah, Tennessee is, uh, I think, in a good spot. We'll see how much, you know, they always say the biggest improvement from game one to game two. We'll see if, you know, that's the case coming up this week. We'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Mortgage Investors Group, for helping bring you the nation each week, MIG, making the American dream possible. You know, if you were planning to buy a home this year, you may be asking yourself, is it still a good time to buy? You know, is it even possible? Rest assured, the real estate industry has not shut down. It's still possible to find, tour, finance, and even close on a home virtually anywhere. MIG is ready to help you get pre-qualified through a complete touch-free process. With the power of technology, MIG can help you with an end-to-end digital mortgage experience. Let Mortgage Investors Group experts help you get started on the path to home ownership today. Go to MIG's website, MIGonline.com, to chat with a licensed loan officer online and get moving today towards your home buying goals. I, uh, I thought in my conversations with coaches, not just in the SEC, around the country over the last couple of weeks, that we were going to see some weird things happen in the first couple of weeks, certainly in week one. We we're going to see a lot of fumbles, um, some sloppy penalties. We we're going to see defenses that typically, you know, that didn't play well at times, didn't, didn't tackle well, and some offenses are out of sync. But as you look around the SEC yesterday, and I told you this before we went on the air, I, I think to me one one of the more stunning things, not only to see Mississippi State going to LSU and win by 10 points and throw for nine miles, 630 yards or whatever it was that Costello threw for, but think about this. LSU wins that game by 10 against the defending national champions. Mike Leach, the Pirate, they throw for 630 yards, the most ever for an SEC team, and Costello throws two picks and loses two fumbles. Think about that. It they throw for that many yards, win by 10 points, and he turns it over four times. Yeah, I, I don't know how you felt. It just felt like last year they kind of found like this magic pixie dust with Joe Burrow, and then they went back to being the same old LSU on offense yesterday. I mean, yeah, they scored 34 points, Chris, but when the other team scores 44 and throws for 600 and something yards, you're going to get more possessions. You know, it's like that, that, you know, that basketball team. When a team scores 110 points, the other team is likely still going to score probably 80. Well, there was no way they were, you know, going, to, they were going to be even close to as good without Burrow and Jamar Chase and, you know, the, the running back. I mean, they lost, you know, the tight end, Moss's son. They lost a ton of good Oh, they did. You're, no, no, that's 100% correct. But it just it, – but I, but I did not expect Mississippi State to go in there and win and, and, and throw for 630 yards. You knew they were going to throw for a bunch because they throw it every play. He does that. Listen, Mike Leach, everywhere he's been and, – and I remember talking to some people that he was going to talk to, people I've known for a long time for, as a defensive coordinator. I says, listen, you got to understand, he's going to throw it 60 times every game. And some games you're going to win. Some games, you know, your defense is going to play 115 plays. That's just the way it is. In the SEC – and really, they got LSU at just the right time, the first game. Because down the road in game five, six, and seven, when you're throwing it that much and your defense has been on the field that much for five, six, seven games, yeah. all SEC opponents, it really starts to take its toll. And that's where you're going to see it. Le- listen, Leach is brilliant. I've had a chance to get to know him and spend time with him. His ability to find ways to move the football through the air and, and create separation and get guys open is, is as good as anybody. And you saw. I agree with you, Chris. I mean, I, ultimately, I think that you know, you know, Mississippi State's going to have to find some rhythm, find. Uh, and, you know, you know they're going to throw it. They're going to score points, but they got to protect their defense at some point because every week, you know, that's going to take its toll because you don't get a 
McNeese State or a Furman or an Eastern Kentucky or any of those type things, you know, uh, over the course of, you know, this season. Every week you're going to have an SEC, you know, slate. And, and, you know, you look at, you know, look at Georgia. They played Arkansas yesterday. But tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but this weekend, they play at home against Auburn. And then they play Tennessee. Well, Mississippi State's going to have that same gauntlet of tough games coming up. And, you know, somebody's going to also figure it out. Somebody's going to have a little better secondary. LSU's known as DBU, but yesterday they looked slow in the secondary. And and they they just, they looked like they struggled, you know, know, a good portion of the day. So, um, you know, switching gears back to the Tennessee game, Jared Garantano is still going to draw the angst and the ire of the Tennessee fan base. Did he play great yesterday? No. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is he went. Tw- he was nineteen of thirty-one for two sixty. Didn't turn it over at all. Um, you know, had one touchdown passing, one rushing touchdown. But he missed on some easy throws, and when he missed on those easy throws, it just, you know, I think drives every Tennessee fan crazy. And so, uh, you know, making the, the, the easy look hard, so to speak. So, it, J.G. has got to find an ability to make easy throws. He just has to. And I know he's five years into the program, and at this point you feel like that's not going to be the case. He kind of is who he is. But if Tennessee can, you know, find its way into just not turning the football over, then I think they'll be okay. They can still win when Jared has those off nights. He just can't have, you know, just crucial mistake throws that lead to the other team's band plan. You know, but going back to the weirdness, and I'm sorry, I think my mic went out there earlier just a little bit, but going back to the weirdness across college football, you know, Georgia was horrible on offense in the first half. Texas A&M just looked about as bad as you could possibly look in beating Vanderbilt yesterday. Now let's give some credit to Derek Mason's guys. He's kinged them up. This guy's played hard. Played a true freshman quarterback. I saw a stat. The first true freshman quarterback to start at an opener for an SEC game since was it the 80s? or, or Way back. A long time ago. And Vanderbilt hung around and A&M just looks, they just looked dis- disjointed. But I expected a lot of that not for the Aggies to play that poorly, but a lot of that in week one across the board. Florida still gave up, gave up a ton of yards and a ton of points to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Now, Kyle Trask looks like the real deal, which you knew in year two, the Mullen quarterback combo, second year under Mullen, that he was going to be pretty good. He's got a lot of ability. Uh, but but it, I, That's hard to tell. You know, They are good, but are they as good as they were yesterday? Or is Ole Miss defensively just not? Well, very I don't good. think I don't think Ole Miss is very good on defense, but I also think that Florida. But you still got to be able to make plays. Routes doing that against routes on air for some is difficult. Trask is a good quarterback, and I think they're going to score a lot of points this year. Alabama to me is in a tier by itself. I mean, they they completely decimated Missouri in the first it was thirty-eight three or whatever, and they shut it down. Took the, their pedal, took the gas, you know, foot off the gas pedal. And they're as good as they've been maybe ever under Saban in the offensive line. I was there a couple of weeks ago and spent some time there. But they are – and Mac Jones, you know, you start talking – you hear when you have someone like Tua Tonga-Vailoa who is so dynamic and so good and you come in after him, everybody's like, well, this guy, you know, Jones will be okay. Listen, Jones is plenty good enough and can throw well, it. saw that last big, year in the bowl right, game. He got a big arm and still has NFL receivers around him. As, as good – I was talking to somebody today in the league, a coach – as good as Jerry Judy was, and as good as Henry Ruggs' third one, yeah, I'm not Jaylen sure Jalen Waddles is not as talented, if not more talented. I think, especially in the college game. Right. Now, maybe it doesn't translate to the NFL. We'll see. We'll see. But in the college game, 100% agree. He's awfully good. So, anyway, across the league, a lot of crazy things. I agree with you wholeheartedly about Tennessee. Just winning, period, in that game, on the road, first game. Tennessee had some guys, you know, that either – had not played or practiced much or didn't play in the game, you know, and they had to sort of find ways, move some guys around. Uh, the best thing, I think, if you want to say, all right, what's the best thing that happened for Tennessee is you saw in the second half AP that offensive line really start to lean on South Carolina. I thought it's pass protection, the way they picked up blitzes and gave Garantano chances to throw the football down the field was good all night, and they ran the ball. They committed to run the ball in the second half and did it a lot better. All right, let's take our first break on the nation. 
We're at the Texas Roadhouse here on the east location, right near the old Knoxville Center Mall. Come out and see us. We'd love to see you. But we'll be back in just a couple minutes on the other side here on The Nation. We're here at Texas Roadhouse, the east location. Texas Roadhouse is your home for legendary food and legendary service. Visit one of their 16 locations throughout the state of Tennessee. Hungry for a great deal, Texas Roadhouse features 11 early dine entrees for less than $10 on Mondays through Thursdays until 6 p.m. You can choose from the six-ounce sirloin, barbecue chicken, pulled pork dinner, and many other favorites. Texas Roadhouse is your home for hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made-from-scratch sides and dressings, fresh-baked bed, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas. Right now, you can get five cents off every gallon of fuel every day. That's five cents off every gallon with Make It Count rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make It Count from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Fans, don't let cataracts keep you from watching the balls in 2020. The team at University Eye Specialists know cataracts can cloud your vision. But thanks to modern technologies and five-star surgeons, cataract surgery can be quick and easy, just like a Tennessee touchdown. With offices in Knoxville, Maryville, and Morristown, University Eye Specialists is conveniently located to serve you. Request an appointment today at universityeye.com or call 865-244-2020. University Eye Specialists, proudly serving the UT Athletics Department since 1978. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. Take it to the house this season with Truly Hard Seltzer. Whether you're tailgating or home gating, Truly Lemonade Hard Seltzer is a refreshing mix of lemonade and hard seltzer that's perfect for game day excitement. If life gives you lemons, keep the good times going with Truly. So bring the flavor and your volunteer spirit to game day like only you can. We'll keep it light, crisp, and crushable. Truly Hard Seltzer. Live Truly. Proud supporter of Tennessee Athletics. Please drink responsibly. A lot's changed in the past few months, from how we protect our health to how we work. But for more than 70 years, Farm Bureau Health Plans has helped Tennesseans protect themselves, their families, and their savings. So right now, it's good to know that you have short-term, individual, and family plan options, along with dental and vision, for whatever lies ahead. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Give us a call or visit FBHP.com to learn more today. You're listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of VolQuest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. All right, welcome back into the show. It's Chris Lowe and Austin Price on what's been turned out a little foggy, a little uh, overcast, but a, but a really nice Sunday afternoon. I know you got out and got your road work in, AP, as you always did. Um, let me ask you this, though, as we look back to that game last night. You know, we, we probably all of us have not put the kind of value on special teams these first couple of weeks. Because how much of these t- teams, and you saw this around college football last yesterday, a lot of low snaps, bad snaps, some mishandled snaps. But the kick and the way Tennessee executed the rugby, the rugby kick there at the end of the game was perfect because that's the, exactly what you want. Those kicks bouncing around, they're hard to handle. People are coming at you and... Of course, they ended up hitting the kid for South Carolina. Tennessee recovers to seal the deal. But I feel like the next couple of weeks as well, that that's probably going to be the great equalizer. Those teams that don't make mistakes and special teams and can execute situations like that, especially when we've not probably had the repetition in special teams over the last few weeks. And nobody, none of it in spring practice that you, know, you maybe, normally would. Maybe no bigger point in the ball game than, you know, Tennessee's First drive stalls out. They punt. Um, Will Albright, who's a true freshman from Greenville, in the game as a long as the long snapper. 
he dribbles it back to Paxton Brooks. Brooks, I still think, could have kicked it, but kind of panicked, went to throw it underhanded to right. Albright, which was illegal touching. Um, you know, and, and Tennessee, you know, given the short field there um, on defense, gets a stop. Um, but you're right. After that, Tennessee had a couple of nice kick returns with Bayless Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Green, Eric Gray was uh, very clean in returning or in uh, fielding punts. And, uh, you know, uh, Samaglia was one of two. His only miss was, you know, <laughs> one from about 49 yards. So well, I'm a little surprised he didn't go for it there. Was it right at a yard? I, yeah, I think they should have. You know, I think, you know, there's so much faith in Brent that uh, – it's easy to trot him out there, but you know I thought two times in the football game that time, and then with seven minutes to go when they got the ball at midfield, you know, and and did not run it one time went pass pass yeah, pass three, punt three passes right. You know, I think those two instances were times where Tennessee had a chance to really establish establish themselves as the dominant team in the game, and kind of let South Carolina hang around. Hey, fans, this season, relax, enjoy, and celebrate with the great refreshing beverages that support the University of Tennessee Athletics. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment that's made to chill. Twisted tea, real brewed iced tea with a twist of lemon. Light and crisp, truly hard seltzer. And ice cold Dos Equis Cerveza, distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. Remember to celebrate responsibly, and 21 means 21. I, uh... You know, AP, it's funny how we always say that the, the the season, the race, look, you know, once you get into four or five games in the season, looks a lot different than maybe we thought it would in August. But this season being so weird and so unique, first of all, first of all you're not starting the season until the last week of September. But think about the landscape of the SEC after just one week, how much different it looks than what a lot of people – were projecting and thought it might look two weeks ago. I mean, Georgia, had, you know, well, I, think Alabama, I don't know what, I don't know what Georgia's going to do at quarterback. Alabama's the clear-cut number one. Right. After that, it's a it's a box of chocolates. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, Georgia maybe has the most talent, but until they get settled at quarterback, they're pedestrian. That's, if and, they play anybody else yesterday, they lose. They, they get away with playing Arkansas, who hung around as long as they could. But, I mean, you know, I mean, Georgia had the ball at the 50 or, or, or on Arkansas' side of the field the whole first half and, and, and couldn't do anything with it. Trailed 7-5 to five at the half. Um, you know, you know Auburn, they got a, a nice win at home yesterday in what was a weirdly officiated game. Against a Kentucky team, and I said this last week, I think Kentucky's going to be a lot better. I talked to somebody who watched him practice a week and a half ago. Kentucky's a good football team, and he's done a great job developing both lines of scrimmage. They'll be a team that'll be a tough out for everybody this year. They will, but they can't. Like, they've got to find some wins earlier, early, or you know, you run into the whole notion that you know, oh, here we go again. You know, it, it, to me, it, getting over the hump mentally in those type of things is as big as anything. Now, they've won enough big games here lately that that shouldn't be a problem. Um, as a, as a, as a, you know, they're not the same old Kentucky. Well, they've won a lot of games in the SEC the last few years. What they haven't done is they haven't beaten Tennessee. Tennessee yeah, they haven't so, been again, able to get over that hump. Correct. So, I mean, again, if, you know. But that goes back to your point. There's a lot of teams sort of right there. Again, we're assessing this on one week of football. Florida, Florida, Florida to me, looks like the clear-cut number two at this point because. But they got to stop somebody on defense. they got to prove they can stop they somebody they got to be able to stop somebody on defense, but because they have a signal caller. Right. they got a trigger That's man. the great equal. To me, they are, they are fractionally above everybody else. You know. Um, Gene Chiswick said it best last night on the SEC postgame. He says, if you got a quarterback and you got a guy that can really lights, it, you know, it, it just sort of covers up a lot of other warts. Well, sure it does. I mean, your ability to score points goes a long way. I mean, look at Texas A&M. They looked bad last night. They looked bad against I thought the of all the teams in the league, they probably were the most disappointing. And the one, if you're a Texas A&M fan right now, because remember, you know who they play this week. They go to Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa yeah. You're thinking, whoa, you know, what is this? You know, that, that was a bad performance. At home. At, at the kind It'd of, be one thing if they did that on the road. Right. Uh, and you can say, well, it's weird. But it's not weird to play at home. Uh, even if you're playing in front of 20,000 people, it's not weird to play at your house, and, at least in my opinion. And you know what? With, with so much time and, and with the season being pushed back, I think it also says again, and we reminded, 
Let's give some credit where credit's due. Derek Mason's pretty good at scheming it up on defense. His kids play hard. They were determined. They went in there obviously thinking they had a chance to win and hung around. It, that game was 14-12 to 12 late in the third quarter. You know, so that they were they were in, still only in the 17-12, a touchdown, right. and they win. But it's they're a field goal away from taking the lead. Uh, I uh, I just think we're going to see some more of that in the next couple of weeks. Some more things that you you come away on Saturday scratching your head. And I think three things: quarterback, you're 100 right. Quarterback's number one. Which quarterback plays the best, the most consistently, and can help you put up points? You know, that, that's going to be that guy. I still think playing clean is key. And, and, I mean, Tennessee and, did not turn the football over yesterday. I think that's why they won the football And game. that's my second thing, not having the kind of crippling errors in special teams, you know, punts blocked, interceptions returned, uh, fumbling the football a bunch of times, certainly when you're in the red zone getting ready to score or in your own part of the field. And you saw a lot of that across the league. And I think the third thing is being able to, in the second half of football games, especially as few times as, as a lot of these teams have scrimmaged live going into this season, having the kind of offensive line that can take control of games and you can put it on their shoulders. And I think that, that bodes well for Tennessee. Well, they're deep. You know, and it, it depending on what happens with Cade, I mean, obviously they're still not going to We're going to talk a little bit, and I'm glad you brought Cade. We're going to talk a little bit about Cade in the next segment, sort but, of what to expect, but go ahead. But ultimately... They're deep. And, and even yesterday when they went the jumbo package and brought in uh, Riley Locklear, who was wearing number 96. All those new numbers. And, and, Kate, and Cooper Mays, who was wearing 93. Listen, if you had Brandon Johnson and DeAndre Johnson and, and having huge games and Cooper Mays playing before Cade Mays in your uh, triple header parlay, then you won a boatload yesterday. Because, I mean, like, nobody had that combination of things happening yesterday. Um, and I thought Cooper, man, I, I thought he looked really good in his limited snaps out there as a jumbo tight end, just basically an extra blocker. He had a huge block right there on that first 20-yard run by Ty Chandler on the, the last drive Tennessee had on offense uh, before Tennessee kind of, you know, shot themselves in the foot and went backwards and, and uh, had to punt it away and eventually was muffed by South Carolina. But, um you know, Tennessee's offensive line is only going to get better. I thought Jerome Carvin had a nice night last night. Uh, DeAndre uh, or Jameer Johnson, he started but then and did not finish the game. He had to come out. Uh, he hobbled off and spent a lot of time under the tent. Wanya Morris kind of found some footing last night, played both left tackle and right tackle. Um, of course, Jameer or uh, Darnell Wright playing right tackle as well. So, Tennessee's got some depth there. They can move some bodies around, and uh, I thought they did a solid job. Well, more than ever in the uncertainty, I mean, who's going to test positive, who's going to get in quarantine, because it's going to happen. Having that versatility in your offensive line where you can mix and match and move things around this year will be as big as any. No, 100% will will be as important as any. All right, we're going to take our second break. I tell you what, we're going to talk a little bit Cade Mays on the the second side. Give us a call, too. Anybody that attended the game, that was at that game in Williams Rice Stadium last night. I want to I want to hear your sort of feel and what it was like to go to a game like that. Give us a call at one eight hundred six eight eight Vols. Again, that's one eight hundred six eight eight Vols. Just to sort of get your experience and what it felt like to go to an SEC game where there was nobody really around the stadium on the outside tailgating, and as AP said, about fifteen thousand people in the stands. But we'll take our second break here on the Nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Fans, for the best selection of Big Orange merchandise, touchdown at Hound Dogs, locally owned and operated. Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange. To find out more, text HD Radio to 64600. Again, that's HD Radio to 64600. When it's time to get, get up for game day, just think Hound Dogs. Visit them online at hdknoxville.com. This is Dr. Colby Stewart with Tennessee LASIK. It's been a privilege to partner with the Vols for over a decade. Tennessee LASIK has helped thousands improve their vision, including VFL greats, Rajon Neal and Will Overstreet. Are you tired of wearing glasses or contact lenses? Visit TNLASIK.com or call 966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants you to see the Vols in 2020. Big-time results are achieved when you do the little things. 
And at First Horizon, the little things add up to big advantages, like super convenience through mobile banking and digital banking. But most of all, we deliver the personal experience. It all starts with understanding. Understanding that little things can lead to big results. At First Horizon, we believe the best is yet to come. First Horizon, for over 20 years, the official bank of the Vols. Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIGonline.com. Equal housing lender, license 109111. Enjoy the world's most refreshing beer, Coors Light, all season long. Whether you're at Neyland Stadium or tailgating at home, crack open an ice-cold Coors Light, the official beer of enjoying college football wherever you are. When things heat up on the gridiron, Coors Light is there to cool things down. Because it's made to chill. This fall, reach for the beer that supports the balls. Mountain Cold Refreshment, Coors Light, proud sponsor of the Tennessee Volunteers. Celebrate responsibly. 21 means 21. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. We're back into The Nation. He's Austin Price. I'm Chris Lowe. It's great to, to be back. Great to have some SEC football to talk about. Tennessee opening the season with a 31-27 win on the road against Will Muschamp and the Gamecocks. All right. I know by now it's the worst-kept secret in Vol land. Cade Maid's not cleared to play by the SEC. And probably, and, and He's pro- not? And probably a better way of stating it, the NCAA has granted his waiver to play this year. But there's an SEC rule that has been in effect for, I don't know, 30 years that says if you transfer within the league, you've got to sit out a year. Now, the question is, will he be given – the green light by the SEC to transfer AP. We were discussing this off the air. The presidents have already met or met last week and have discussed at least the possibility of changing that rule, and I think they're going to meet again this week, and we'll see if they vote to do so. But that's the only way. Greg Sankey, the commissioner, is not going to step in and waive that rule, whether it's for Cade Mays, whether it's for the Gatewood kid going from Auburn to Kentucky or the, the safety going from Georgia that wants to go from Georgia and be eligible right away at, at Ole Miss. But he, but he could. He could, but he's not going to do that. And you know what? I can't, I can't say that I blame him to override Why? a rule that's been in effect. for that, that well, the SEC, you got the one-time waiver fee coming in six months. But the, that the SEC presidents and members have set that rule and haven't changed it for 30 years. That's not true. They amended it. Well, they amended it for two exceptions, postgraduate transfers, and if the team you're on – were on NCAA sanctions. I think I, th- I would be saying this if, if Cade was not even involved in this. Like I think I think that the right thing to do for the kids. You can't say you can't say you're about the kids and then get your panties in the wad about a handful of kids that decided to go from one league school to another. Which is to, to finish what I thought there. What I do think should happen, especially knowing we're getting ready to go down the road, whether there's going to be a one-time free transfer and everything, all the anxiety and heightened. You know, just how tough this year's been, I do think that the presidents and chancellors probably should change the rule. There you go. But that's what I was going to say. If I'm, if I'm the commissioner, if, then I would, do, I would say, listen, this is a rule that's been in effect. Leave it in their hands. You guys make the rules. The chancellors and presidents make the rules. If this is something that needs to happen, you guys change the rule. Because this is not – Greg Sankey didn't make this rule. I don't disagree that you, if you're him, you could, you could say – you know, I want this ruled upon. Vote, and, 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 and if you vote no, then that's what it is, and no, and, no complaint. And behind the scenes, that very well may be what happening. Greg Sankey says, "Listen, this is probably you know something that needs, but this is going to be your all's deal. You need to vote on this." I think we've got a caller uh, who has joined us tonight on the Nation. Alan, you are here with us on the Nation. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Doing great. Did you go to the game last night? Uh, I did go to the game, uh, and, and like you, I, I thought it was we- weird um, a little bit. Um, I I thought it was uh, odd that there was no uh, 
band on the field before the game. There was no uh, there was no mascot in the middle of the field like South Carolina usually does. I just thought it was just kind of odd that they didn't uh, they didn't allow that. Was it? You know, AP said about fifteen thousand fans in the stand stands, but I'm sure you've been to road games before. Do you think the yeah. home field advantage is going to be considerably less given what you experienced last night going forward this season, whoever it is on the road? I think so. Uh, South Carolina, they tried to, to pipe a little bit of crowd noise in with their with their cheer. Um, so, you know, uh, that, that posed a, a little bit of problem. But other than that, it was, it was quiet. I think that um, – I think that's going to mitigate uh, your home field advantage for uh, most teams. I, I'll be the first to say I don't know how you felt. <laughs> I know I know Rocky Top's annoying to opposing fan bases, but I don't know if anything's more annoying than the no 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 and the flags waving. <laughs> so like only having like ten thousand people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I commented to yeah, the guys absolutely. that beside me in the press box. I said this has been the one benefit to having a, a lesser crowd in Columbia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but I did. Now, now I tell you, I did enjoy being able to spread out. You know, it was it was nice. I sat in the I sat in the third row of the upper deck, and we were, we had our space, and that was a, that was nice. But um, yeah, I think it was just, it was just odd. And I'd say the traffic getting into the game wasn't real bad, was it, Alan? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. We got in and out real quick. I drove from. Uh, uh, we drove down and back on the same day. We just got hopped in the car after the game and hit the road and got back home about 2.30 a.m. Well, Alan, we appreciate your insight, man. We appreciate you joining us tonight on The Nation. Hey, yeah, guys, I appreciate you taking my call. You guys have a good one. Okay. You too. All right. I, I, I did mention somebody on the press box last night. If you're a family and you've got young kids, this is the perfect year to try to come to a game because yep. you can spread out and the young kids can have a good time and get to experience the game, and you don't have to worry about them climbing all over people or climbing all over you. You can kind of spread out a little bit. I mean, considering the circumstances, I understand it may be difficult, but, I mean, a lot of kids that are going, little kids that are going to school are wearing masks anyway, so asking them to wear a mask at the game um, is not that big of a deal. But like I said, I think if if you're a family with some young kids, if you can get tickets, it might be the perfect year to kind of break them in and take them to some games. All right, AP, your favorite part of the show bar none the marathon question of the week with a full tank of freedom you can find your own highway and discover the true spirit of the american road marathon fueling the american spirit we mentioned that the chancellors and presidents are going to be meeting again this week possibly voting on changing the rule the sec rule about transfer i think they're going to be talking about some other things too maybe even revising the quarantine protocol right now it's 14 days if you fall into that quarantine window maybe they look at taking that from 14 to 7 days, modifying that. Which means you only have to miss one. Right, which is, you know, which would, if, if you fall into that contact tracing window, it makes it much more likely that you're not, you know, I should say unlikely that you're going to miss multiple games just because yeah. of that quarantine. So some different things that they're going to be discussing, and we'll see if they vote. Two-part question. Do you see them voting, and do you, if, you see, if they do vote this week on the transfer rule, do you think they vote? that this rule, again, has been in effect for close to three decades, is no more, especially considering that the NCAA has already granted not just Kate a waiver, but we're probably going to be in a point here in less than six months where you're going to get a one-time transfer everywhere across college football. Yeah, I mean, you keep talking about the three-decade thing. There's a lot of things that are obsolete and out of date. Right, you and know, that's why and, I'm asking you, what do you think? Do you think because of that? I don't know because there's still going to be some pettiness out there with some of the, the people that vote. Uh, is it just majority? I think it's just majority, correct? It's not like you have to have a certain number of votes. You just have to have, you know, you have to have, what is it, nine to eight to seven? Right. Well, I don't or, know if it's, or eight to six, I mean. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think maybe it's a strong majority, but, but they have to, obviously, you have to have enough to. Yeah, so you need to get eight, eight votes. I mean. I think I think South Carolina, or sorry, uh, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Tennessee obviously would be three. I think Georgia would be four because I think that it would get out that they voted against and then would make them look disastrous when you've already got Otis Reese out there on Twitter saying what he said. Obviously, Cade's involved. they got two kids involved in this. So um, can they get four more? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 one would think that you'd like to think that they, you know, again, if it's about the kids – 
right? Then you vote yes. If it's if it's about who's going to win and and helping your team win, then the people will vote no. Right. And I think the reason this was put in, and again, you got to remember, it was put in at the urging of coaches and ads in the league, was to keep players who got mad or got disenchanted oh, yeah. and said, "I'm just, you know what? I'm going to leave Tennessee and I'm going to go to Alabama. I'm going to leave Alabama and I'm going to go to Georgia." Question, and still play against them the next year the without question, having to sit the out. The question is, is if you do the one-time transfer waiver, is the SEC going to install their own rule that says you still can't go league to league, which means, you know, you can go from, you know, Tennessee to Clemson or Clemson to right. Tennessee, but you can't go from Tennessee to Georgia. I, I think that's possible. You know, well, I, already, I mean, Cade got the waiver from the NCAA, NCAA this year, right? Yes. To be able to play this year. Yes. But that was overridden by the fact that this SEC rule is in effect and saying if you transfer within the league, you have to sit a year. Correct. And, you know, if you remember, I believe it was, it was, it was Nick in Alabama tried to b- block the Smith kid from going to Georgia a few years ago. But that was a post-grad transfer. That, no, 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 I know. Yeah. I, but, but even then, that's when they had to amend the rule there, and, and Sankey had to, you know, step in. There were two, there were, yeah, there were two, you're exactly right, there were two amendments, that if you are a post, if you which have again, your degree. Which, again, that's another common sense thing. Like, if a kid right. goes to class and does everything you're you're graduated, do, you should be able to go you where you want to go. go wherever you want to go. That was one amendment. The second one was if you're at a school is facing NCAA sanctions. And I think a, a hard and fast example of that was uh, the kid at Ole Miss Van Jefferson, the receiver, yeah, went, to, went, to, went Florida. to Florida and played. Those were the two exceptions that were put in place. All right, he's Austin Price. I'm Chris I know Lowe. I didn't answer your question. This is, I no, just you don't, don't know how they're going to vote. Man, we'll mean, see. And, and you know what? These it, things sometimes. It depends, on what you want. it depends on what they want to do. These some, we, these things sometimes are surprising. I've, I've covered this league long enough where I've seen ADs and coaches really pushing hard for something, and the presidents and chancellors go against them. So we'll or, see. Or the other way around. Or the other way around. You know, that they don't want something. And the the, ADs, coach, the and coaches the, and ABs, the ADs may not want it, but the chancellors and presidents may go, you know, what's best for the kids here is they be able to play. Well, and we've seen a move, certainly a move in that direction over the last few years where we've seen more things put in place to help the kids. All right, our last break here on The Nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. As of last night, it officially became football time in Tennessee, and you can show off your big orange colors by purchasing the official 2020 Football Fan T-shirt. This year's shirt features General Nealon's Maxim, Put On More Steam. That's the official Tennessee Football Fan T-shirt available at Alumni Hall, Food City, The Vol Shop, and Hound Dogs. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. For more than 70 years, Farm Bureau Health Plans has helped Tennesseans protect themselves, their families, and their savings. And now, in tough times like these, it's more important than ever that we look out for each other. For many of you impacted by recent events, we can help make sure you're protected with quality, affordable coverage that's right for you right now, so you're prepared for whatever lies ahead. Give us a call or visit FBHP.com to learn more today. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Turn your game day up a notch with Twisted Tea, the original hard iced tea. Twisted Tea is a real brewed tea with a twist of lemon, and it's next-level delicious. But it's not your grandma's iced tea, unless she spiked it with 5% alcohol. Try the original, or the half-and-half, which is half lemonade, half hard tea. It's more than just a hard iced tea. It's a whole new attitude for gridiron greatness. Twisted Tea. Keep it twisted. Proud supporter of Tennessee football. Please drink responsibly. 
This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, we are back here for the final segment on The Nation. I'm Chris Lowe with my main man, Austin Price, who is a road warrior, driving over to Columbia, getting back early this morning, getting back to see the Price girls, for a little bit anyway. Uh, Missouri comes in a noon kickoff this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz's team takes it on the chin. But, you know, Alabama, as I said, they sort of backed off there after going up 38-3. But, oh, you know, Missouri sort of hung in there. Missouri is a uh, as a team that personnel-wise is not going to wow you. He's been really good at all his stops, at finding ways to move the football, uh, scoring points. He's ha- He's got a long history of being able to do that. First year at Missouri. Uh, this is a game... Where I, one thing that I watch for right away, AP, is in the line of scrimmage, both defensively and offensively, playing at home, if Tennessee can set the tone in this game. Yeah, I think if, if Tennessee gets out there and, and gets off to a quick start, they've got to be able to find a way to put Missouri away. Think about it. They went right down the field. It was a real man's drive, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a big boy drive to start the second half. Went up 21-7. You're thinking, if okay, if you can get off the field here and get the ball back and score again, this thing's over. Instead, South Carolina went right down the field, made it 21-14. Eventually would tie the game uh, multiple times at 21 and then at 24. Um, you know, so Tennessee, I think, you know, those are, you know, they're finding ways to put games away and finish out games, but they're still not there yet perfect uh, in that realm. So I think you've got to find a way to do that Saturday because you are going to be the favorite. You're going to come in with a real chance to move to 2-0 and on the young football season. And, frankly, you're the better program right now. You know, I uh, I say this as a compliment to Jeremy and his staff, but look at how many games going during this streak that have have essentially boiled down to the last, what, couple possessions? During their seven-game winning streak? Yeah, going back. I think they, six they, of the seven have been one-possession yeah, games. So, and, and have really gone down, for the most part, in the final – few minutes of the game in Tennessee, as you just said, has found ways to win games. And winning close games in the SEC, I mean, you've got to find ways to do that. And Jeremy Pruitt, I think we've seen him grow as a head coach. We've seen him tweak his staff a little bit, you know. I think it's a huge to have Jim back as his offensive coordinator, Derek back as his defensive coordinator. The continuity's big. Have, having that continuity, but to be able to win close games, even when you don't play well, even in a, in a weird setting like this year, first game, some sloppy penalties, some bad penalties that hurt you. Um, but that's, I mean, that's that to me is a mark of a of a coaching staff that's uh, doing its job, that knows what it's doing, and I think in Jeremy's case, is growing as a head football coach. Well, he continues to get better and better and better. Uh, every year. Is he perfect? No, he's still learning. But I think more now he, he understands that his duties as a head coach are to a point where he he's juggling things and, and, and now has two guys that he completely trusts. Jim Chaney has the offense. D.A. has the defense. And he's able to just kind of be a head coach, whereas when he first got here, I'm not sure he really trusted Kevin Scherer and or Tyson Helton. Probably Scherer a little bit more than Tyson Helton. Either way, I don't know if he wasn't trying to call the defense and the offense that first year and, 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 and be the head coach. I mean, I think he had too much on him. I think he's uh, just way more comfortable now than he was when he first got here, but that goes back to being now a third-year head coach versus being a first-time head coach. The, um, you know, Drinkwitz did, was not leading up the Bama game, wasn't going to say who his quarterback was. He said he'd wait, and, of course, it ended up being Sean Robinson, you know, the formerly the transfer there from the Big 12. And I assume that's the way they'll go this week against um, against Tennessee. I um, I think Tennessee. You, you want to see Tennessee really. I mean, and this sort of goes into what I was saying about the, setting the tone of the line of scrimmage. Really come after him defensively. Put some pressure on. Ge- you know, generate the kind of pass and uh, and being able to do it without having to blitz a lot. Yeah. You know, and and just sort of win that battle. You know, and get some pressure with with your front people. And, and keep him off balance, and as you said, sort of set that set that tone early on defense. I uh, I think it's one of those things when you when you watch as we watch Tennessee grow and play this year on defense. I think you're going to see them do more and put in more. Um, they didn't they did some things. AP, you know, coming from different you know 
angles, et cetera. But you didn't, I don't think they didn't sort of – I think you're going to see – don't you think you're going to see more on defense from them as they go through the rest of the season? When I say more, doing more things, trying to generate more things out of different looks, et cetera. Correct. I think that they'll, they'll try to – you know, they, they love the corner blitz. They love to, you know, dial up certain pressures from different angles. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll see more and more and more um, coming up, you know, I think they were really, you know, so happy with DeAndre Johnson's play. And, I mean, give Brent, Brent Hubbs a lot of credit. He called that. I sure didn't see it uh, just based off of the fact that, you know, he hadn't done it to this point. But, you know, Brent Brent called it, and it was, good, it was a really good call. Um, and DeAndre had a really good game last night with two and a half sacks. Uh, I thought Kayvon Bennett played well. Jeremy Banks, he had two 15-yard penalties, one of which, you know, anytime there's a play on the sideline, and you're going full speed. That kind of stuff can happen. Now, the other one was bad. Um, but, you know, he still played really well. I thought he played better than Quavaris Crouch in the middle. And, and when, he, when he strikes, it, it's a different type of a blow. Um, you know, and then Tyler Barron, give the young freshman from Knoxville Catholic a lot of credit. I thought he played really, really good football in his first college game uh, out there in, in spurts. So, you know, Tennessee's got some young kids they like a lot. They played them last night. Then they've got some veterans. It, you know, a year ago, uh, our former colleague Jim, Jesse Simonton, he always, and he and Rob Lewis would always uh, call the you know Mark was Callaway and Jawan Jennings and those kids the Butch Jones orphans. It's a different set of Butch Jones orphans now with DeAndre Johnson coming on, Brandon Johnson. You know, everybody kind of left him, you know, for for not. And, and all of a sudden, what a great a, catch! Yeah, what a great catch and what a great night. He had a, another nice catch on Tennessee's eventual. Game-winning drive. Yeah, the Baron kids, the kid that, that as I was watching, and I'm, I'm sort of old school, so I like to watch play in the trenches. He, he really impressed me to be playing his first, you know, being a, a baby-faced kid, you know, like that, to play on the road like that. I, I think he's a guy, as you watch him develop, you're going to see a lot more of him, and he's going to be a really, really good football player before it's over with. All right, AP, thank you. Glad to see you made it home safely. Uh, thanks for a friends here at texas roadhouse we'll be back here next sunday night doing the nation tennessee missouri on saturday noon from neyland stadium have a great sunday evening everybody we'll see you next week you've been listening to the nation with chris lowe of espn.com and austin price of rivals and ballquest.com Presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group, the number one lender in the state of Tennessee, making the American dream possible. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK by Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants by Marathon, featuring top Tier clean gasoline for peak performance. Stop by your neighborhood marathon station. Marathon, fueling the American spirit by University Eye Specialists, helping you live life in focus since 1935. And by Dosecchi's. Nothing goes with college football like an ice cold, refreshing Dosecchi Cerveza. Keep it interessante and please enjoy Dosecchi's responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The nation is also brought to you by. Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State. For more news on college sports and the SEC, this is The Nation, signing off.